0: As we desire to walk in the footprints of Jesus, again we would see a life that he lived and a desire that was on his heart and being about the Father's business, being about preaching and teaching and living his life while there was yet daylight for the night would soon come when the work would be done. All as he was writing to that young preacher Titus and then the second chapter verses eleven through fourteen for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly righteously and godly in the present age, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself his own special people, zealous of good works, the desire of wanting to do the things that would indeed be pleasing unto the master. Jesus remind us in Matthew 5 and verse 16 about letting your light shine, that you're like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that as they see your light in your life, that they may glorify your Father. Who is in heaven? It's a lifestyle that we live based on the thoughts again that our desire is to walk in the footprints of Jesus. Our desire is to walk with Him, to be His people, to remind ourselves as we live day by day that we are those who have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Peter, as he was writing to those of his day, in the second letter, and in that first chapter, gives what we have commonly called the Christian graces, but it gives a characteristic of a life that God would desire us to live. Verse 4, he reminds us that he had given us great and exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of that divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to so self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours, and they abound. You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ to give our attention to those characteristics that again change the course of life, reminding ourselves of the precious promises that we have been given through Jesus Christ and the life that he would desire us to live by day by day. Paul, as he was writing to the Romans and in that 12th chapter, Talks about some considerations that we need again to be reminded in the life that we live and the characteristic and the desire that indeed ought to be ours. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The thought, again, by the mercies of God, there's a lifestyle that ought to be characteristic of the child of God. Some things that he's laid behind, the things that he's desiring to do, some characteristics that he is to develop, what we call, again, those Christian graces. And they change the course of the life that we live. It's always interesting as I read, Second Peter 1, 5 through 11, and then look at Galatians five nineteen through 22, and look at the fruit of the Spirit. The last one in the graces that we develop is called love. The first one that is the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's what God gives first. It's what we develop last. There's a process that we go through. And unless we've given attention to it, we miss what God would want us to do. And how he wants us to live and to serve out of love. Developing these characteristics of the good graces and the good works. Reminding ourselves we're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You talk about some things that we ought to do in our lives, dropping down to verse 9 of Romans 12. We talked about love being what the Spirit gives, love being the last characteristic that we develop in our life. And if these are yours and are abounding, you will be fruitful in the Master's service. Paul reminds us that this love is to be without hypocrisy. That's the work that we need to be zealous in and engage in. Him. We know that we are to love one another, love all. But he says, let that love be genuine. Let it be that which really does indeed come from God and not something that we do because that's what we have to do. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate towards one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing when patient. Rejoicing in hope, patient, and tribulation. Continually and steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And be of the same mind towards one another. Those are works of characteristics. That we are to be that is to be reflective of a life that we live we're striving to walk in the footprints of Jesus striving to develop a characteristic that he had that compassion on all a, des- a desire to want to see them saved he came to seek and to save that which was lost luke 19:10 And the willingness to take the rejection in order to do what the Father would have him to do, to reach out, to teach while he walked on this earth, to leave the instructions that he gave and the characteristics that we are to have. And then Paul's admonition to Timothy, be zealous of good deeds. Be involved in the good works. Characteristics, which leads to the deeds. The deeds may be done to some degree, but not done as God wants them done if they do not have the characteristics that go with it and doing the things that would be pleasing in his sight. Paul, as he was writing to the Ephesians, and in the fourth chapter of that book, Starts in verse 21 about hearing of Jesus and having been taught by Him as truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God and true righteousness. In holiness. It takes effort. It takes a determination to put off that old man, those old characteristics. We fight with them all the time. That's just the way I am. That's just my nature. We use all kinds of expressions to excuse what we do or what we say and we're reminded that we didn't learn Christ this way. We need to be willing to put those off and behind. And it's a battle that we have to fight. Renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's where that takes place. The renewing of the mind. Reminding ourselves who we are. We're followers of Christ. We're imitators of God. Imitators of Christ. The lifestyle is different. Than what the world is. And as we imitate that style of that Christ led, we're going to find that the reception may indeed be the same as His. There's rejection, there's ridicule, there's mocking. But there are those who are searching, who will be deeply touched by that message of salvation. Found only in Christ Jesus. Therefore put away lying, and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Hard to find that balance, is it not? Being angry, but yet not sinning. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. And that doesn't mean if the sun has already got gone down, you've got to 12, 14 hours through the next day before you have to deal with it. It means simply take care of it. The wrath of God or the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And again, as we read and study, what it's saying is simply that It takes every fiber of your being in being this child of God. It takes every fiber of your being to fight against that old self. I would assume that you could recall what it was like When you came up out of that watery grave of baptism that first time, only time, when you came up out of that watery grave of baptism, of how you felt, of the joy, the peace, the overwhelming thought that all that you have done in the past All the sins that you have committed have been washed away. And they're remembered by God no more. And you start out as this new life. And then it does not take long in the living of the new life to find out that the old man did not die all that easy. And there's a battle. That's why we have the scriptures why the scriptures are constantly reminding us of what we need to be doing and why we need to be doing it. Do not give place to the devil in verse 27. And that's a constant reminder to us. It has been said, if you give the devil an inch, he'll become a ruler. He'll take all. He's not satisfied with part, But he's patient in the getting of all he keep working. But then we're also reminded in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is greater. And when God is greater, and when God has given his spirit to dwell in us, It takes away that attitude or characteristic that we sometimes use. I just can't do it. I fought it and I fought it and I fought it and it's just greater than I can bear. Satan just wins this victory again and again because God is greater. That is not true. You can win the victories for Jesus. It's that renewing of the mind. Showing what the will of God really is. Let him who stole steal no more. No longer. But let him rather rather let him labor working with his hands what is good. That it may have something to give to those who have need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. The battle we constantly fight. We live in a society that has taken every derogatory word that is out there basically and made it the standard, if you will. The world thinks nothing about taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, they may use abbreviations, OMG, or whatever else is out there that they want to use, but it's The language that is used. Been around individuals who have become so accustomed and it's not limited to one group of individuals. It, it pretty well runs across the board. And you run across individuals who in an effort try to correct or try to control their language and think they've done a good job on it. And you listen to him and say, You hadn't even got close yet. You really haven't. The censors try to censor language on television or movies, and they do not do a good job on it. Watch the language, let the language be that which Christ would use. Can you imagine Christ using such words? Can you imagine Christ having such an attitude, that carefree attitude that is there? Being careful. Don't let the corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good. For necessity, for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. That changes the attitude, does it not? That changes what you speak and how you speak. Think twice before you speak once. We usually speak once and regret it twice. Wish I've never said that. Wish i hadn't, hadn't got, let that come out of my lips. But let the words be that which would edify and build up. It changes. It's a mindset, and it's just a mindset that you have to have. And it's a mindset that as you use it and as you express it, and again, rest assured that your language is heard. It's heard by God, one. And it's heard by others that you may not even know that are listening. And what words will they gather when they find out who you say you are. You're a child of God and you use language like that. You're a child of God and you do the things that you do. You say you're a child of God and you support and encourage others to do things that are contrary to what is right and what even what the law would have to say. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That thought again changes what you do and how you do it. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How does God feel as he looks at us? And he watches us. And he observes us. Again, we really do not see how many people observe us. Every once in a while you'll come across somebody and say, "Oh, I've seen you here. I've seen you over there. I, I see what you've what doing and so forth. God already knows that. So are those deeds that we do? are they reflective of that characteristic that is from God? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So you have to go to the Christian graces. See, of what do you replace these with? What good deeds do we do that leads to the good words that we would be speaking. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you, and be imitators of God as dear children. That being kind to one another, being tender-hearted towards one another. Forgiving one another. And that qualification that pops up throughout scriptures. Even as God in Christ forgave you. What serves as a model prayer in verses 14 and 15 of Matthew 6. We do not forgive those who trespass against us. Neither will our heavenly father forgive us. What a, it's not a burden, is it? But what a challenge is laid on us. How do we forgive one another? And how patient is God in forgiving us? As God in Christ. See, that's where you're forgiven. By God is in Christ. And if we're in Christ, then we're striving to develop those characteristics that come from Christ. To have those things that would be pleasing and acceptable in his sight. Going back to Galatians 5, 22 and following. But that fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. Are you engaging in things that bring joy? Not to you. Joy to God. Things that God would be pleased with. You're saying about walking in the footprints of Jesus. And I'm sure we've sung it before, that Walk With Me. I like that one. It's a beautiful song. Tremendous lesson. lessons in there of how he wants us to be. Peace. Paul would tell the Romans, as much as possible, as much as depends on you, be at peace with all men. Not able to be at peace with all men, but as much as depends on you, That's a good work to engage in. Be at peace. Be the peacemaker. Blessed are those who are the peacemakers. Long-suffering. It's hard to remind ourselves from time to time that we, as adults, are children of God. And as children of God, we are imperfect. And at times it's hard to be long-suffering with each other. But kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such, there is no law. You can grow in those all that you want. They can be manifested in every essence of your being. And that's what God is looking for. Not a deed per se for the deed. It's a mindset of why things are done. If we're not careful, we can do the deeds and forget the attitude that should lie behind those. Pharisees were guilty of that in their day. Strove to keep the letter of the law, but had forgotten the spirit of the law. Found, tried to find ways around things, different ones of those. Sadducees who did not believe in a resurrection, because they did not find it stated in the way they wanted it stated in the Bible. Didn't teach what they wanted it to say. Needed to be reminded. God has already talked about that. We talk to Abraham, we talk to Moses, excuse me. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead. The dead, he is the God of the living. Christianity, it's often been said, it's not a part of your life. It is your life. Christianity is not something that you can do sporadically or occasionally. The characteristics that are given in the scriptures are not something that we do only on special occasions. As we sometimes do in in the physical world. We tell somebody to watch their language because we've got company coming or whatever else. It's not done occasionally. It is life. But you have the help of God in living this life. You have his word to help guide you. As you read these, these thoughts and these passages, as you look at characteristics that are defined there, there's our guideline. The going about doing good. The desire to please God. They have that characteristic that Christ had. I, he did not come to please himself, but to please the Father. Did not come to do his own will, but to do the will of the one who had sent him. We're not to do our own will, but we're to do the will of the one who sends us. To go into all the world with that precious message of salvation. And then to live that will in our life so that others may see your good works and not glorify you, but to glorify your Father who is in heaven. But it's up to us to make that decision in our life. It's up to us to choose what type of life we're going to live and what it is that we would do. It ties in with the invitation song. One of the greatest works that we can do is mention him to another. Is that part of your lifestyle? As you look at your heart, as you look at your life, is it where God wants it to be? If it's not, and you need to make a change, if we could assist you, if we could help you, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.